This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Thanks for listening to The Reds Report. This podcast is sponsored by Webmart. If you want to get more out of your marketing, drive out costs, and find out which channels are best for you and your company, then visit our website, webmartuk.com, or just search Webmart Barnsley. Innovate. Create. Communicate. This is for the fans. The Vibe. Fans, the vibe. Two and a half weeks ago, a club in turmoil. Two matches later, is this a turnaround? Never write off teams like Barnsley. <laughs>
Thursday afternoon, two minutes past five. You're listening to The Vibe, and this is The Red Report. Everything Barnsley FC in one live show from the Old Mill Lane Studios in Barnsley. My name is Carla van der Watering, and joined this week, um, first of all, part of the furniture now, isn't it? Chris Ridgard, how are we doing? Good afternoon, Carla. Thank you very much for having me. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm not too bad, how are you? Oh, absolutely living the dream, aren't we? Yeah. Here in Barnsley. Yeah. If we're old furniture, we've also got in the studio part of the new furniture. It's sort of Ikea, isn't it? You know, Ben, how are we doing? Not bad, how are you? Yeah, so far so good. He started better than last week. He's actually spoken to the mic this yeah. week. Yeah, I have. I'll tell you what, you're going to pass this goal, sunshine, I'm telling you now. It's in the... Uh... <laughs> and also joining us is, um, well, friend of us, friend of the show, Mr Phil Hull. Phil, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Carl. How are we doing? Yeah. But there's a lot to be positive about, isn't there? I'm just going to make his name like to be his list of positives. <laughs> um, it's a good time to be a Reds fan again, isn't it? It's always a good time to be a Reds fan. Oh, a Sometimes are better than others. <laughs> it's always a good time. It's a good answer. Uh, it's history today, Carlo. It's the biggest age gap between uh, one presenter and another presenter. I think I've calculated at 85 Cheers, years. <laughs> so, is that about right, Phil? That's all right. If he's 27, you're about right. Yeah. Listen, I'm not, I'm not having a fight with you because I know you had a fight recently with uh, an edge strimmer. An angle grinder, actually. Angle grinder. And it won. And it won. <laughs> <laughs> well, great to have you here, Phil, as always. No Top problem. Man. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I suppose there is lots to talk about. We might as well sort of jump straight in. Um, we need to talk about the Swansea performance and the result. We do need to talk about the West Brom performance and result. Um, ben will take us to Huddersfield, not literally, but... We'll talk about everything in the field. <laughs> you could walk with these. Um, we have to talk about the job Adam uh, Murray's doing at the moment because I think you know there's some um, there were some surprise faces. I think after the Swansea and the West Brom result, uh, we will talk about the Liam Jones Foundation charity night and Richard Appleton, one of our listeners, is uh, doing his bit for charity as well. So we'll uh, we'll discuss that as well. But first of all, Swansea. Yes, um, I think it's fair to say that. The atmosphere pre-match, uh, we were in the you know we were in the fan zone. It was different, wasn't it? Yeah, it were different. It were, I couldn't quite put my finger on it to be honest. It, it felt a bit eerie at times, and I don't know. To me, I were excited because I I think it's the unexpected. We got to a point where we kind of expected what what were going to happen. Well, I didn't know what would happen Saturday. When, when we left fan zone, I know the side came out. We were walking with Ben. Me and, me and you were walking round to, to the to the other stand, weren't we, Ben? And uh, the side came up, and I guessed the shape, didn't I? Come you on, did. Ben, I did. I guessed did. the shape. But nobody expected that shape. No. Nobody expected that personnel as well. Um, and it worked, didn't it, Phil? It certainly did. Um, obviously, they had a little bit of time to practice on it with the international break. But Ten days. Uh, but Yeah, but it's still a, a bold move to change the system like that. But, I mean, we've been saying it for weeks. We, we've got loads of full-backs who love going forward but can't defend. We've got three good centre-halves, if not four. So it, it's crying out for three at the back and two wing-backs. Is this a case of, if you look at Barnsley Football Club and the players as ingredients, that he just took a different approach, a different chef making his team in a different sort of way because he's not brought anybody in maybe except for the Arby and Dougal who came back after long term injury they're still the same players but they looked different Phil the individual mistakes for instance you know we've seen them they've cost us goals is that a renewed feeling of confidence is that a new manager maybe coaching in a different way what's your view because it looked a solid performance from you know, the keeper especially, Brad Collins, on, on, on Saturday, all the way to Collingwood Road front. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it was solid. I think, I think it's too early to say what impact Adam Murray's having, um, but he's obviously had some. Um, and the fact that he's, he's got the, the same team of Chris Stern and Dale Tong around him, the same coaches, you know, that, that's the only thing that's changed, really. That Most of the training and the day-to-day -day routine will be pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, and he's just had a look. He's had the fortune, as you say, to get Bambo Diaby back, and particularly Kenny Dougal, because... Uh, for me, he's the fundamental part in that sort of system. Um, but he, he's looked at it, he's seen the players he's got available, he's set them up for that, and, and he got the response from them. Um, we mentioned in the press conference, and we, we spoke to Kenny and to um, Adam afterwards, every break in play, the players went over to the sideline, yeah. Chris, to talk to Murray. And, and Murray's words were, it's a young team of kids, and if any opportunity to coach them, I'll take. And if that means a break of play and they have to come over. Um, is that something you feel that they, maybe that was lacking under the previous manager? Because, I mean, even in breaks in play, I, listen, there's no doubt Daniel Stander was an enormously... He lived, you know, he kicked, he headed every ball. But he never actively brought players to the sidelines to have a word in their ear or an arm around the shoulder, did he? 100%. You can see the communication uh, has improved massively. Um, and Kenny mentioned that, didn't he, in his press conference? Back to Kenny, and, and, and I know that uh, Phil just mentioned him. Kenny Dugar was available for Stendhal three, four weeks ago, according to Kenny in, in his statement. That you know, yeah, yeah, he spoke to BBC Radio Sheffield, did he, and said I was available four weeks ago, but the gaffer said I was so, match fit. I mean, it's crying out for him, isn't it? That that side needed to Kenny Dugar, and I mean, just in the press conference alone, I don't know if you feel the same, Carl. I'm just impressed by his communication still, uh, his communication skills, his standard, of he just I don't know that he just oozes class, doesn't he? And I think it, it, were, it were needed. It, it were needed. We talked a lot about the team on the stand-up. Yeah. Phil, um, Kenny Dougal came out in the press conference. Uh, we talked about leadership, and he says, I'm a natural-born leader. Yeah. Is that part of the difference that, you, you know, the, the improved performance, confidence of players, is that something that sort of, that influence that Kenny has? Yeah, he's got that influence. He's also, let's not forget, in that young team, he's a very experienced player. Uh, and, he, and he's a quality player as well. So, you know, he, he, he inspires the, the, other, the other players. He inspires confidence in them. Um, and, and it was clean, clear to see, right all over the pitch, the players were talking to each other. Sometimes shouting at each other, give them a, a bit of verbal abuse, but rightly so. Because when that uh, Swansea goal went in, Bambo Diaby went straight upfield to the centre circle and he's waving his fists at people. You know, he really wanted the reaction. And boy, did they get it. Two minutes later, Alex Mowat pops up with the equaliser. Yeah. The other thing he mentioned in the press conference was man management of the game. So managing the game and, and he talked about breaking it down into, into, yeah. into game segments, understanding which way the game will go in, who's on top, what we need to do in that in that moment. And I guess that's brilliant for younger players, isn't it, Phil? Just being able to break it down into smaller segments, into small which segments, are much more yeah. manageable rather than overloading them with information. And they don't look overloading information. They don't look fearful. They don't look like they're going to make a mistake at a minute. And at one point, it just felt like we are going to make a mistake every 10 minutes. And, and everybody, I suppose, has been included. Everybody's had those, you know... McGee had a couple of chances. Um, and it showed, I think, we were a team that was low on confidence because we didn't have many chances. We didn't create many chances. Definitely didn't take many chances in the matches before. Um, quite telling, then, that the man of the match was actually our goalkeeper. Yeah, what a game, Ben, he had. Absolutely. Uh, pulled off some brilliant saves, that which I don't think we anticipated him to, to pull off. No. Um, he did concede, but 
Yeah, it's going to go in eventually, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But big saves, vital points at games, some that mostly this season have gone in and gone against us and it's, it's exactly. killed us. Yeah, I totally agree with that. He's going to take some getting that shirt off him, isn't he, Radlinger? I, th- I think so. I think he's he's got a mountain to climb. Definitely. So, uh, complimented, obviously, uh, Kenny Dougal, and, and he did have a, a real but The change of formation suits Dougal as well, doesn't it, Phil? We, we said earlier before we went oh, on there, if you're going to yeah. play that player in front of the back three, there's only really Dougal, because that is his natural position. And yeah. I think Sibic can probably learn a lot from that, should they ever want to, you know, put him in there, can't he? Yeah, I think he will once he gets the experience, but Kenny Dougal's got such a great football brain, he reads the game so well, and that's what you need in that. I'm harking back to the Premiership season, Matty Appleby was in there. Not the most gifted footballer, but boy, could he read the game and he, he made that position his own. Yeah. It makes it look so effortless as well. Yeah. Can he do a goal? It makes it look effortless. And not only that, like Phil said earlier, it rubs off on other people. That confidence in any, in any walk of life rubs off on other people. I think, oh, actually, I can do that. We're more than capable of doing this. And I mean, the manager, since coming in, he's, he's minimised risk. We don't see much risk compared to usual. No, true, true. Uh, he's hidden his weaknesses. We know where his weaknesses are. Phil mentioned it earlier. They were fullback. Fullback were his, his weaknesses in a 4-4-2. Mm. We, we were getting hit over the top all the time. So I had to get rid of that where you put a third centre-half in. And you, you tell the fullbacks to pull back when they've got the ball. That's working. And then obviously he's, 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 exasper- he's exasperated his strengths. What are his strengths? Kendall Gal is in there. Two up front. We've got two up front. Moat McGeehan bombing on. He's got a lot of goals last season between them. That's happened. Is this formation, do you feel, Chris, allowing Moat and McGeehan to go further up, knowing that at the back it showed up, it's, it's all right? Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. The, the reins are off them, aren't they? Because there's, there's always there's Kenny Fuss cover, uh, and having the three centre-half, there's always going to be somebody there. So, yeah, and you've seen that on, on Swansea, against Swansea at home on Saturday. How many goal-scoring positions did Moat and McGeehan end up in? All right, one of them probably fluffed his lines a few times and the other one took it with well, such calmness it was, what a great finish that was by Mowat to slot it in the corner, I think there were three on the line and the goalkeeper as well, and he found the space Yeah, he tucked it away didn't he, he certainly I, did. I think with McGeehan it was just the over exuberance I think he got the freedom again to press for Yes, and he was so keen to impress, he, you know, and yeah. Sky those two over the top. And how many times has he found himself in that position this season? Yeah. Very little. The Very more few. he finds himself in that position, the more the yeah, fingers crossed. They watch one to go in and then Correct. the rest will Exactly. Um, before we go to the music then, a quick word, uh, Ben, I'll start with you. Um, Colour Chaplin, mainly used off the bench uh, by Daniel Stendhal, not really a regular starter. I remember him starting at Birmingham away when he was, they had five at the back and, and we played with one up front. He, his, his energy is undoubtable, but just him being there allows Woodrow far more freedom, doesn't it? It does. And I think that he, the thing is with Chaplin, he, he can come off the right-hand side of Woodrow, the left-hand side, and he can just sit behind. And I think that gives Dougal a, a lot more chances in the box. Like we sit, saw against um, Swansea. We also saw it against West Brom. It's, um, oh, you mean Ch- uh, Woodrow? It gives yeah. Woodrow a bit Wood, more yeah. room, Woodrow, doesn't Woodrow's it? Woodrow's having that more... I don't know how to say it, but... He's finding more space, isn't it? I would go against three defenders, four defenders. He ain't going to find the space, is he? What I was saying is Chaplin's occupying them channels, isn't he? He's opening up space, aren't Absolutely. Is um, is the Conor Chaplin you've seen in the last two matches, Phil, is that the Conor Chaplin that we wanted when we brought him in? I think people were disappointed that we'd not seen much of him. Is that 
do you feel the best position, him partnering Woodrow up front and diverting attention from Woodrow by just really, really making it hard for the... Yeah, definitely, as Ben says, he takes so much pressure off Corley Woodrow because, as ben, again, as Ben said, he can go either side and he's so quick either with either foot. He, you know, and he, he gives the defenders big headaches, which frees up the space for Corley. So we were after him for about a year, apparently, before we actually signed him. So yeah. we must have seen something in him. But yeah, even Phil. if it's only a dot on a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> Cha- Chaplin's best game in a Barnsley shirt against Swansea? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, I go back to January last year. Uh, we had the evening in the theatre here, at, and yeah. uh, we, we spoke to Gorchek and I, and I asked him uh, which transfer that nearly went through is the one that you regret the most, and it said it was, he said it was Connor Chaplin. Um, he, he felt that, you know, he could be real part. Connor's identity very much reflects our identity as a team and, and, and as a club. I do have to, very, very quickly for you, Chris, uh, mention the lad that came in for the last 10, 15 minutes from the under-23s because he's been firing him in from there. What a way to make your debut. Brilliant, yeah. What, what a way to have that, that Ponty and Rory on and a chance of getting a winner at that minute in time. And uh, he got the ball to feet, probably 30 yard out from goal. and he, People were closing him down and he, he didn't panic. He, he, good ball control. He didn't, he didn't rush his pass. And he just found the nice, simple 10-yard pass. That's brilliant to see, and the, the under-23s, in a way, is working. And it's providing a player for that platform to be able to then step up into this Barnsley team. I mean, we spoke about it in the press conference, and I particularly asked the question uh, to the manager, and, and I said, how impressed have you been by Simos? He said he'd been impressed by his work ethic and things, but he said he weren't sure what he was going to do when he got the ball. We were never sure, and therefore Swansea would be unsure. So really, what do you want from that? Yeah. So overall, fantastic performance, which is number one. The result for us, I mean, a draw at home against you know a team like Swansea, absolutely fantastic. And I've just thought, if we're on about naming every episode of the Reds Report, so we had bye bye Herr Standall. Um, what what we could him today? I'm thinking of you know maybe like welcome back Kenny. Sounds good.
for the fans. The Vibe. You're listening to The Vibe. It's 20 past five. Unless you're listening on the uh, podcast, no idea what time it is. But glad you're listening. Have a guess. Um, well, I'm saying it's probably about half nine now, isn't it? Time to get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and thank you very much for all those people that are downloading and listening to the podcast. We get figures through whenever we log in. Uh, and it, it's well over a 1,000 every month now. So that's, that's not bad going, is it? For some I think it's treble since I arrived, Carlos. So I'm taking all the credit. Yeah, anyway, so we move on. <laughs> How many times you downloaded it, Chris? <laughs> 74. <laughs> per week. <laughs> every day. Um, so... A, a very encouraging performance against the Swansea, uh, a, a decent result for the Reds, and I think it was very important as well that we came back within two minutes. We went down, had to go down, up, bang, Alex Mowat, there you go. Then, Phil, very short turnaround time to face what you could say quite tricky away match at West Brom. It's on an evening, we're never really very good under the lights, are we? Historically speaking, they're we're not... not but- West Brom's always been a team that we seem to do well against, and it's probably just coincidence. But yeah, we always seem to do pretty well against West Brom. Yeah, so you know, two top teams, top five teams that, that we play in a row with, without a manager. You know, the club had a bit of dis- well, not, not dis- the relationship between the fans and the club seemed to be a bit fractured because of the standal and, and everything else. Uh, but still, seven hundred odd Barnsley fans travelled to West Brom, and did you go, Ben? I did. Oh, look at this. Look at this. I'll ask Phil, start thinking about your man of match. I'll come right, back to you in a minute. Phil, um, what a start. I mean, I, I, you know, I bought the match pass, you know, sat on the sofa, connected the, the MacBook to the TV, because Coronation Street's no good anyway. Wow. Is that a case of that's how good Barnsley can be, or that's how much Best Brom underestimated us? A bit of both, I think. I mean, I was amazed, actually, because I was working elsewhere, so I, I didn't see the score until half-time. And I just, you know, half-time, I finished what I was doing, looked at the phone, grief, 2-0 up. I know. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I saw a tweet from Roy Richardson, who's the leader of the pack of the Ellerslie Reds, saying, I've got this good feeling that it's going to be 3-1 to the Reds tomorrow. And I looked at my account and I had £10 free bet. I thought, stick it on there. So I cashed out for about 60 or quid because wow. 3-1. Um, Drinks are on you then afterwards. Because Ben got his wallet and neither have I. So and I'm yeah. poor and impoverished. And I'm married, so what's mine is legally <laughs> my wife. So with the three quid, I could get us four glasses of water with some ice. Easy on the ice. <laughs> um, Phil, what, is it the new manager syndrome that suddenly makes us play like this? Is it the return of Diaby and Dougal, is it the change of formation or is it maybe just a bit of everything? It's a combination of all three, no two ways about it. I, I, th- I think the key thing has been the formation change and the confidence it's given the players, particularly, as we said earlier, Mowat and McGeehan, to push forward more, knowing full well that they've got an extra central defender in Toby Sibbick and they've got um, Kenny Dougal there sweeping up anything and being creative as well. Yeah. He, he doesn't only read the game and sweep up Distribution's brilliant as Yeah, well. and sometimes, first time pass, straight away bringing somebody in, taking that pressure off us and putting the, the, the opponent on the back foot. Um, one change, which was an enforced change, Chris. Yep. Uh, yep. Anderson due, came in. Yep, due to injury, how may obviously didn't play. Anderson came in, meaning that 10 players that started the Saturday game started on Tuesday. When did that last happen, Ben? Do you know? Uh, not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. Sheffield Wednesday, ah. uh, after the Fulham game. So we talked earlier about, we've talked many a times about last season, you could pick that first 11 with a blindfold on, couldn't you? We all knew we were going to start. 
and that consistency then obviously helps in people understanding the role, the shapes. And we've not been doing that since we started Championship. And now we're doing it, Phil. Yeah, Big coincidence. It's going to be good, isn't it? Well, it's, it's more than a coincidence, isn't yeah. it? It's, you know, yeah. And again, the more they play each other and play with each other and get the formation you know, down to a T, basically, the, the better they'll become, I'm sure. Hmm. I'm going to say that I think Phil's wrong in terms of the biggest reason that Barnsley are playing as they are. And I'm going to say it's the manager. I do, I do agree with the structure. I think that's massive. But I think the man management skills of Adam Murray must be impeccable to pick a young team up off the floor, having just been whitewashed by Preston. And there's a lot of confidence in that team at the minute. And it was non-existent two weeks ago. Phil? Can True. I, yeah, yeah. And you're right. But, again, it's him that's brought that formation in. Yes. I mean, the key to it for me is the formation. Yeah. But I agree, it's, it's Adam Murray that's brought it in there. Yeah. But it, yes, the, you know, it, it was on a hiding to nothing when he came in, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it, 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 it's a no-win yeah. situation. No, he couldn't, he couldn't you know, win. He's, he's doing a pretty good job at the moment. Yeah. Is, it, is it the man management or is it just a different style of man management? Because he said, you know, even when the, the young, you've got players at 20, 21, 22, 23, they all need something different. I'm thinking back at work uh, when I was a manager. So I had, I had somebody that I can go to and say, what, what's your weekend like? And I knew, for instance, that she liked football. So did you go see the match? Hey, we were all right, weren't we? And somebody else went into Formula One. So you'd say, what's the race this week? You know what I mean? And, and yeah. you find what makes people tick and, and you play on that. Is it that? Dare I put in there, is it the fact that he's an English speaker? And, and we know Stendhal, his English got a lot better, but is it maybe easier to motivate people when your vocabulary is, you know, maybe twice uh, as big? I, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out. Yeah, there. I'm going to say that I think Chris Dern and I think Dale Thomas, as, as Phil mentioned earlier, I think they play a big part in the communication in terms of what Stendhal were asking and obviously in terms of translating that and getting that on the field. I think they probably did a good job of that. And I think Phil's right in terms of it's Adam Murray's idea and they're doing exactly the same. They are translating that through into the players and that's been put out there onto the football pitch, and it's working. Hmm. I, I like. I just there's something about Adam Murray. I think. I think he's just a nice bloke. He's sociable. He's personable. He he must be good at building relationships just to turn it round so quickly. And you can see how much effort the the players are putting in. They mentioned that the Swansea game. Some some of the stats in terms of running stats. What highest it's been. This season. Well, he did double training sessions, didn't he? Because he felt, obviously, that that was needed. And I suppose the other side of the coin is, if you do double training sessions, you spend twice as much time with that squad. So they get to know you, you get to know them. You know? And and I think there is something about the confidence. And I I think the system plays, you know, a a, a huge part. Um, Ben... I'm going to ask you a question. There's no right or wrong answer. Hans, I'm asking you. Why didn't Stendhal play that system? I think... um... Stendhal had his favourites. He did chop and change a lot in League One, but then coming into Championship, he sort of had his players that he wanted to play. And it sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't, but it's it were I think it were clear to see as a fan that it weren't working, but he wanted it to work. So he kept... It was, this is plan A, and our plan B is we'll try plan A again. Precisely. And maybe a little bit different. Um, Phil... We're probably one of the rare clubs where the club captain is not a regular player no more. I mean, Mike Stephen Bear, he's not injured, he's, he's on the bench, but he's not featuring. Is that, do you reckon, down to maybe the system? Or in this this new formation, where do you put him and who you do you drop? Is it yeah. just better players out there? It's a difficult one. I mean, Mike, Mike Stephen Bear, for me, is a great player. He's probably 
the most naturally gifted footballer we've got. Um, but in that system, I'm not sure whether he'd fit in. Mm. He, you know, he, he might be a luxury we can't afford at the moment. I agree. So, yeah. Definitely 100%. I couldn't put him better myself, Phil. Uh, a lot of feedback on social media, uh, Chris, about um, the tactic of time-wasting. There is another word for it, but I'm no, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on the radio. Well, you, you did last week. Uh, yes, you <laughs> did it last week, and... and uh, that funny man, I forgot his name, that really funny Pete man Salwood. that comes in. Oh, yeah, Pete, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him that's touring with that yeah. bloke who wasn't yeah, yeah, he's, he's too big for us Millions now. of followers, He's yeah. too big for us. We've had to draft you in. You're funnier, <laughs> Phil, to be fair. So. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of uh, a lot of West Brom fans extremely negative. S halves are yeah. As a sober football person and football fan, whenever you go to the top of the table and you're winning 2-0, you're not going to try... You, you're going to just gonna use those... Stadiums. You're going to use those tactics. It's just not the game of football. It comes, it comes hand in hand with football. I mean, in other sports, you might not see the Hesshausery as much. You might not see it in rugby. You might not, but it, that, that's, that's just how it is. And it comes with football. It comes with the territory, unfortunately. And a lot of teams did it to us last season when we that's were doing right. well. You do. If you, top, you play top of table or a top team and you're ahead, that's what you do. Uh, ben, it seemed to work as well. I mean, you were there. I don't know if you, you... What was the atmosphere like amongst the home fans? Because from the point of view, when I, I was watching it on TV and I, I was listening to, to, to Matt Bailey and, and Gemma from the club, um, it sounded pretty quiet. It felt like on the pitch we had the best of them, but probably, you know, supporter-wise as well. It was a weird one. Um, I mean, we, in a way, and were sat right next to where their atmosphere is supposed to be and it, it was really quiet. Um, up until the first, West Brom's first goal, until Bambo's own goal, that's when it all really started to get tense and, and their fans started to get involved and trying to push their, obviously, West Brom to, to equalise. And it did happen. And that's really when the whole atmosphere sort of come together and we started to dip off a bit, if if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, Momentum just shifted, didn't it, with, with that goal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, a couple of substitutions. Uh, Malik Wilkes came in uh, uh, later on. If you're talking about people with a bit of time wasting, he did fantastically against Fulham when he he, he thanked personally every member, everybody in the in the ground. Yeah. Uh, before before walking I'm, off, I got a yellow card for his, for <laughs> his yeah. the yeah. chip shot man, um, the police dog. Eight or nine yellow cards, though, Phil. Um, is is there not something that the club could get fined for this for failing to control players if you got so many yellow cards? Oh, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean. Actually, coincidentally, I was at the Etihad same night, and Man City got six yellow cards. Oh, well. So, you know. See, we're better than Man City. I've always said it. Pep Guardiola <laughs> having an influence on Barnsley FC. <laughs> but... I only went there because I was working, honestly. <laughs> but it shows, doesn't it, that um, I think there were a couple of those yellow cards where somebody took it for the team, which, you know... He, he, he was. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about referees, but Darren Bond in particular... It's either you go a whole match and he dishes out one, or he starts early and he feels like, oh, you went to add one, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. Because there were a few of them that I thought, is that really worth the yellow? Um, fine line, though, because suddenly quite a few of our players, you know, walking at the tight line, but we, we dealt with it well, didn't we? Yeah, I thought we did, yeah. A lot of sacrifices and everybody seemed to put at least one tactical foul in there. And I think if they knew that they were on a booking, that somebody else was going to have to make that tactical <laughs> foul. They shared them out a little bit, yeah. Question to you, Carl, before we move on to music. Yeah. We spoke about the West Brom game. It would, we would do an absolute injustice to Coy Woodrow if we didn't mention him. Hmm. What's happened? Ah, I think what's happened? Is a, Conor Chaplin. <laughs> yep. Allowing so that, that him. Shape. 
but then also the shape Dimi Cavare coming up and actually putting up because we know we can mm. and I think when Dimi knows if he goes up there is people back there covering because there's been a lot of criticism say he's alright going forward but he sort of slouches back I think just that freedom and I think Coming, coming off the Swansea result where we competed, we competed well and we got the draw, that confidence shot up by 15 20% because um, we talked about the McGeehan misses and that's somebody who's, who's, who's not had the chances, so, you know, you have to get used to him again. I think Woodrow always for me has been, he, he's him and Dougal, the, the pedigree players, and they, they've got it. So if you put it on a play for him, it probably won't miss. We're seeing the best of him now, aren't we? Now, we, now he's playing consistently. There's no niggling injuries because we had a few niggles, didn't we, earlier yeah. in the season? I mean, he had three, three great chances against Swansea. He was looking, unlucky not to get off the mark there, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. So we've probably, probably seen best of him now. Yeah. Which is good for Barnsley. And obviously, that's without the hat trick that he's going to score on Saturday. So life is good, isn't it? It certainly is. Yeah. 
This is for the fans. The vibe. And this is what you do when one one's a chair and the other one's one Toto and somebody wants the police. You just put them in, shake them up, pour it out, bang. You know Johnny, what? if you're listening, I'd like to know what you thought of that one. He's going to like that one. Ah, that's good. I'll, uh, I've got some more at home, actually, so we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll start playing a few more of those. Yeah, right. Give um, some feedback, Johnny. Let us know if you like that one. I'm sure he will. Um, so, we've got a couple of things. Uh, well, not non-football related, but non-Bindley FC related. So, first of all, um, Richard Appleton has been in, uh, in contact. I'll just read out... Uh, because there's no reception, so I'll just read out what he put to us. Hi, Veteran Report. Is it possible to get something out there via one of your tweets, please? I'm a British Army soldier, and I have been for 24 years. Now, wow. a massive Barnsley fan, and my best friend lost her little girl, Ailish Marie Naylor, which we know about, who was also a massive Barnsley fan, to an awful, gruelling childhood cancer in 2018. I've took it on myself to do a sponsored run from Sheffield Children's Hospital to a place of rest in Doddeth, Barnsley, for a charity Ailish Ride the Theme Dream. If anyone sees me, please give me a beep or anything at all. Um, and he's also raised £980 already from where he's based in Belgium for that charity. So, wow. absolutely fantastic work. Top man. Um, Tweet us back and let us know when this is, because I, I know I know Chris very well, and he'll probably go out in his little car just to drive past you and beep to see if you acknowledge him. Because you oh, would, yeah. wouldn't you? That's the sort of thing yeah. you do. That's the kind of guy I am. You've got to get behind people. Exactly. That's a great, that's a great cause. And top man, hats off to him for that. And it, it's great, isn't it? Because um, the club was very good uh, at Ailish because she, she was the mascot a few times. You know, they really got behind it, and it's great that. The memory and what the family wants to achieve is now carried on by fellow Barnsley fans who are taking that further. Um, very similarly, um, Liam Jones' legacy. Uh, you know, Liam Jones' legacy has been going now a couple of years. One fantastic night coming your way. I'm looking at the 7th of February, isn't it? Cause I, 7th of February. 7th of February. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. It it's a Friday night. And what's even better, it's the Friday night before we play Wednesday at home. Now, that's confusing. When you've had a few drinks, the Friday night before Wednesday at home. But, yeah, before we play Sheffield Wednesday at home. It'll be even more confusing if Sky switching. Oh, yeah, please don't. Not, not on oh, Friday. Oh, no. Oh, dear. What would it That mean? could happen. <laughs> anyway. It's good to me. <laughs> anyway. Um, the Liam Jones Foundation, uh, die, uh, absolutely... It, it, it's fun. It's older people like us that, that, that help that charity, to work for the charity. So to raise some funds, they've had a word with some contacts, and we've got John Henry, yep. Nicky Eden, Eden, and A.D. Moses. A.D. Moses. Coming to the garrison, which in itself now, thanks to Herstandl, is a bit of the Institute for Barnsley fans, the place to be on a Friday night. Um, How are we spelling Eden? E-A-D-E-N. Yeah, on the poster that, they put E-D-E-N. That's for like, it's Gaz, isn't it, that? Yeah, well. That's for him. But that's Scottish, Scottish that. spelling, isn't it? No, that's a Scottish way of spelling. <laughs> yeah. We'll let him off. We're presenting that evening. Phil, you're with us on there. Yep, I'll be there. I remember these players. I One of my first season tickets at that season. What a great way, because sometimes you have fantastic players for the club, they move on, and you sort of never hear from them again, you get the occasional tweet, but we know that Eddie Moses, Eddie Moses has been with us in the, in, in the fan zone, Nicky Eden, sort of, I know he, he sort of travels and, and works quite a lot more whenever possible, you know, he's coming from wherever he's living, back to Barnsley to do this evening, and of course, John Hendry, um, who we basically bribed with uh, an open bar bill. Which, but if that's what it takes, that's what it takes, isn't it? Fantastic, though, that three 
Legends is... I think I'm allowed to, to use yeah, the word legends for those three, aren't I? Definitely. Oh, yeah, I think they're, three. they're all great characters, that's the thing. I mean, we've interviewed John Hendry and Eddie Moses for the Heritage Project. Eddie Moses, we did a couple of weeks ago. Smashing bloke. Yeah, really three, three legends, three great characters, and then obviously John Hendry, Nick Eden and Eddie Moses will be joining us. That's true. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's right, isn't it, Phil? Is that what you're saying? Right. Have I misread that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I get it, I get it. I, I, I find it really good that you call me a good bloke because I get a lot worse. Um, well, me and Phil just bring your average up. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, poor Carl. You're still listening to the Rats Report. This will probably be the last episode. Um, <laughs> we, 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 will, we will miss Chris, but me and Phil make a fantastic team. Um, it's all about mental health for young people, which is a, a fantastic cause. Anyway, the tickets... I think are from uh, the end of October or Bristol City match at home, which is the 1st of first November. November. Yeah. Yeah. That's when they come on sale. Now, this is where Rats fans can really help because an area of, of the garrison has been set aside for this. The more we sell, the bigger area we get. And ideally, we want the biggest possible with a screen where we can show highlights and we can have a really good evening. So... Follow uh, the Liam Jones Foundation on, on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, other people work for that. We retweet everything they do anyway because they were our nominated charity for this season. I, I'm looking forward to this one. I really am. You, Chris? Absolutely. It's going to be a, a great night and what a great cause. Uh, and I know the money, invest, money reinvested, it's very well spent, uh, which brings me on to tonight. I know that they've got a get-together every Thursday now from 6 while 7 uh, in Barnsley Town Centre, uh, all ages, uh, Male or female, and it's just a, a bit of a get together. If you're struggling, if you need to talk to somebody, be there really. And it's yeah. opposite police station. It's, yeah, it's at the Tats building, so up, opposite Barnsley Police Station, there's like a row of office, uh, yeah. officers. Uh, it's the middle, I can't remember what the name is. Tats, again, fantastic, but they're using those facilities. Tats is very much for younger people, mental health problems. So, absolutely fantastic the work we're doing, and anything we can support, obviously, we will, and we will be there that evening. So, if you are listening to the podcast, it's every Thursday. So, if you are listening to this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, it's every Thursday. So, if you feel you need. You need to use that service. It's there for you. You almost make it sound like when you've listened to our show, you need to use that service. I'm not sure if that's the message we want to take out. No, no. I'm, what I'm saying is that service is there if needed. Yes. And it's there every week. Yeah. So you, might not, you know yeah. what I mean? It's there. Run by volunteers, so, you know, yeah. we, uh, we were there. It should be a really, really good night. I mean, like you say, Phil, they're not just decent players. I think after maybe the first or second drink, there'll be some stories told. Oh, there'll be some, there'll be some great stories. The, on, the only drawback I can see is that the garrison serves beer and John Hendry and Gary Tedford are going, so we'll not be able to understand a word. Um, I, well, yeah. And this is, I think, one of the reasons Gary asked us to host it, because at least with the Dutchman and you from Rotherham... Uh, now we'll get there, we'll get there. But absolutely fantastic. A, to be part of it, and B, oh, obviously, yeah. we hope yeah. to get as oh, many Rats fans as we can. Uh, I'm speaking to the club to see what they can donate prize-wise, because there's going to be a, a bit of a raffle as well, all for the fantastic Liam Jones legacy. We're going to play a quick piece of music, and then I'm basically handing over to Ben. It's all about Huddersfield. That's You're it. walking there. Yes, I'm walking. Oh, sorry, I'm just reminding no, you. No, I am walking there, and I've, I've walked at Ben. I think Ben might join us. I will join you if you would like me to. No, I'll pick you up, Ben, if, if, if you fancy that. Carlo, <laughs> that segment yeah. took a while. Yeah. I just want to ask you what took you so long. Oh, I get it. This is where I click press the, the button. Song. That's when you click on that. Yeah. <laughs> is it that one? That one. Oh, right. This is for Chris.
This is for the fans. The Vibe. It is 12 minutes to 6. You're listening to The Vibe. This is The Retro Report. And it's time for Ben Ben, the opposition man. Just saw that. We can't afford a jingle, so I'll just do this every week. Um, and you could sing it. Uh, yeah, like we said. Man. <laughs> do you want it like Rocky or Techno or what do you want? Yeah, we'll scream it. Get yeah. Chris to scream it. Yeah, man! The opposition man! We are uh, from Barnsley, yeah. North America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Be proud of your roots, lad. I'll do it in Dutch. Um, ben, Huddersfield away. We're just discussing how people are getting there. Some are walking, some are going to train. I'm staying at home. Right. Um, perfect opportunity for Barnsley to get another win on the board because um, they started slow. They Huddersfield would have picked up a bit of form recently, haven't they? They have. Uh, the last five, they are unbeaten, which uh, going into this one... You don't know what to expect because we've come into a bit of form. Last five, they've been in a bit of form, so it's a, it's an hard one to predict. They're sat in 22nd, we're sat in 24th. They're on 10 points, we're on 8, so we can leapfrog them. Um, they've got a few decent players um, that, that can change a game if, they're, if they show up. Uh, Who have they got, Ben? Who's the key man? Well, they've got Carl and Grant, who's on seven goals and an assist. Um, obviously went to him from Charlton last last season in Premier League did get a, a few goals in Premier League as well um, he, I think he looking goals wise he's going to be their main man yeah. he has scored half of the goals that they have scored this season they've scored 14 he's scored 7 of them so yeah so, so, nullify him I'm thinking, can he do a goal? But you know what I mean? If you, if you keep him out of it. Um, you, you know, you mentioned last five matches. Who have they played? Because that's sometimes an indication for me as well to say, you know, what sort of opposition have they have they faced and what were the results of those? So on Wednesday, they played Middlesbrough yeah. at the John Smith Stadium. It was a 0-0 draw. Um, okay. mm-hmm. they, apparently, the wasted chances, I was looking, looking at stats, and they had 10 shots, only two on target, Oh. Which that's, yeah. can be seen as quite wasteful. Hmm. Can be seen. He's seen as quite wasteful. Uh, the game before that, it were Blackpool away. Uh, Blackburn away, sorry. That were a two-two draw. Um, then they had Hull at home, where they won three-nil. Now that's what got Ed's turning, thinking. Yeah. That's the so these are results because Hull, Hull have been on a bit of a, a bit of a run, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, and to get three against any opposition in Championship, good going, isn't yeah. it? And then it was Stoke away. Obviously, this will be for Stoke. Beat the top few teams and yeah. uh, they did win one nil away at Stoke, uh, and then it was Millwall way back when that was the, the the fifth and final one sort of uh, five weeks ago six weeks ago yeah. whatever it was that was a one one draw. So there's been a couple of a couple of draws at a couple of wins. The three nil win at the whole probably probably standing out. Um, their defence though you were looking at they've they've got some bit of pedigree in defence haven't they? They've got some decent defenders. Um, only thing, obviously, they've got a nil-nil draw. They have come into a bit of form, but they have conceded 20 goals this season, which isn't oh. that many fewer than us. We'll draw that trick. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> who's that, who's that? Is, is, is it 4-4-2 they normally play? Or? Sort of like a 4-4-3 sort of thing, but I think they play sort of with, with Carl and Grant as a striker and the other two. So they can't sort of make their minds up with the wingers or right. sort of attacking midfields just behind. Um, but then the, the front three is... Uh, Carl and Grant, Elias Kachunga, and I've not a clue what his first name is, but Dear Carby. I can't okay. say it. Oh, him? Yeah. I'm done with it. Phil, looking then at these results and looking at, they've had a couple of draws. 
surely that has to give an opposition manager some material to look at saying, I wonder how, you know, Middlesbrough kept it to a nil-nil, you know, not conceding against him. It, it, I suppose Adam Murray will do his homework and say, how did they get to score three against Hull? Because we need to avoid this. But also, how have other teams nullified their threat? Yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, I'm sure Adam Murray was there, or certainly had people there watching. Um, I mean, Middlesbrough normally you, you expect to be a strong side, but they're struggling this season as well. They're down the bottom as well. Um, so, really, from our point of view, that was a perfect result to goal this draw there. Um, but that, as you say, that, that win against Hull stands out because Hull, they're not going to set the division on fire, but they're, they're no pushovers. And 3 no. 0 against Hull City is good going. Decent result. Um, is this. <laughs> This game, who's it harder for? Is it harder for Huddersfield thinking, hold on, we've got Barnsley, we've got Barnsley, and, and, and you know, they drew with both Swansea and, and, and West Brom, so they've hit a bit of form, or is this a Barnsley thing that says, you know, they beat a whole 3 0, they're unbeaten in five, this is a tricky one for us as well, because it's how you set up, isn't it? Yeah, it's how you set up, but I think we have a very good idea as to how we're going to set up. Um, I think they've got more to lose than us, and I think that'll, that'll swing our way. They, you know, we weren't in Premiership last season. They were. We were in League One. There were two divisions between us last season. They're the home team, so the pressure's on them to come at us and try and attack. We've shown that we can actually set up and make that difficult for teams. If we do, then there's always a chance one they could go at the other end. Yeah. So I think I think the pressure's on them more than us. Yeah. I, th- I think it is, and it, again, it's well, as with any game, but particularly this one, it's down to the mental attitude of the players beforehand. You know. The Reds will go in there thinking, well, we've had two good performances. We've been lucky not to win both those games. We're going to a team down the bottom with us. We could, but can't be overconfident. But as Huddersfield, as as Chris says, two divisions between them last season, they'll be thinking, Christ, if we don't win this one, we've got problems. And and, and the imposing style of play that Barnsley's got. I mean, I was set with Kyle when we we played Swansea. Mm. And... We sort of thought, the first 20 minutes, Swansea will be very clever. They'll wait for us to come at them, they'll wait for us to come at them, and then they'll take over. Wait till we run out a bit of steam. But we don't, do we? Our fitness has been, to me, one of the most... It's been one of the most... The fittest teams, and I mean physical-wise, like not the way they look. It's been... Because after the Swansea match, as soon as the final whistle went, some of them dropped on the floor. I mean, they're running through walls for this manager, mm. and, and they're giving every last drop of sweat, blood and tears on them. Yeah, they certainly are. We're going to see that Saturday in terms of... This will be the third game in, in seven days, effectively. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So it, if ever we're going to see fitness come into it, it's that one. I mean, I don't know how big Huddersfield's squad is, but have they got have they got the ability to be able to change and mix it up a little bit and freshen it up? If you're not sure, just say no. They've got a few injuries. Right. Um, and there were a weird thing that happened on Wednesday where a couple of the players were out due to illness, some sort of stomach bug. So we're hoping that's spread to the other members of the squad as well. <laughs> well, and hope they recover quickly after Saturday. <laughs> thing is, we Huddersfield they have their sort of like press conferences on a Friday as opposed to us having ours on a Thursday okay. morning. Um, so we don't have any confirmed. Sounds like excuses to me, Carl. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. He's, he's, so he's, we're he's not sure on what what we're going to get then. Well, we're not percent certain. But what I do know from Wednesday is that Terence Congolo is got a calf injury. I think. Hmm. Um, Bocorn is out with an injury as well, and so is Colin Kwana. They're the three that are injured. Congo's their usual left back, isn't he? He's usually there. He either plays left back or centre back. It's, it's mm. a weird one. Um, 
sort of like Sibic for us. He plays right back, centre back, and can play at midfield. Sibic's been brilliant recently in that he's, sweeper he's been really good. both channels. Um, I have no option and to, to go around the table or tables, desks, whatever you want to call it, and I need uh, a full time result and the first goal scorer for Barnsley, providing there are Barnsley goals. Mr. Ridyard, uh, you're nil from nil. Um, can I just say I said in the fan zone on Saturday 1-1 mm. would be a decent result and that's what it turned what out what did you say on the podcast the week prior 1-1 did you yeah we're going to game that one Phil yeah 1-0 one 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 yeah, what, what, what do you reckon I think Barnsley will win 3-1 that's the favourite score isn't it for Barnsley yeah I, I think we're more that's than capable of, of getting 3 and I think we we need to bide us time let others feel getting to that point where they feel like they need to try and break us down and then absolutely kill them on break just like we did to West Brom but we were clinical against West Brom we didn't miss a chance really did we I mean of course he had, had, he had it against the bar in, in, in second half but other than that the first two strikes absolute clinical mm. how many times have we wasted ta- uh, good chances good chances this season at pivotal moments of the game and it's come back to bite us. I, th- I think our style of play with the formation. I, if, if I, I did a radio, uh, I did radio, I did an interview yesterday for Love Sport Radio, and it says our attacks now it's more calculated, it's more measured. We don't take silly risks, we don't make silly mistakes, and I think that's put twenty percent on our performance of play because mm. we're really, really good. Phil Huddersfield, Yorkshire Derby, West versus South. Yep, it's it's going to be a tight one as derbies always are. Uh, I think both teams will be a bit apprehensive going into it. Uh, I'm going for 1-0 to the Reds, Corley will draw. Yeah, and Baz have got nothing to lose. We're bottom of the table, we need a result, so... It's not for us to sit back, is it? So one nil, call the Woodrow. Very good. I'm feeling slightly more optimistic than I did on the last show. That was good to hear, Ben. <laughs> I know I got a bit of stick from you. Uh, I'm, go- I'm going for two 0 win. <laughs> 2-0 2-goal margin yeah. I had um, fantastic feedback by the way uh, about the fan zone because it was the first time that you joined us in the fan zone obviously for the whole match uh, and then you were faced with Malik Wilkes and um, the goalie Samuel Radling, yeah, asking all sorts of questions uh, but really good feedback so yeah well done and I was like how um, I had this I had this 3-0 in mind. I don't know why. Oh, I um, it could just be a water infection or something. Others, But, you know, first of all, good luck to all the lads of Leicester from A up and down, all the bands that are walking for the British Legion. It is military day at uh, the uh, John Smith Stadium, yes. honouring our, our armed forces home and abroad. And I think it, it quite fit, it fits really well with all the lasses that are walking from the Manx to the stadium, our own Chris included, and Kyle as well, Kyle, yep. uh, with all proceeds going to the half British of Legion. Half of the Red Report's doing it. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, not the better half, but the half. Uh, we're back next week. We'll have a review for the Huddersfield match. And who knows? We might have uh, a new manager in by then. Um, Thanks for listening. Phil, thank you very much for uh, coming in the studio. No problem. Hope Pleasure. to see you again very, very soon. You will. Ben, whether you're going on the train, whether you're walking, enjoy it, and then come back next week, won't you, and tell us all about it. Of course. Fantastic. Uh, this has been the last report. Chris, you, thank you very much for turning up as well. You're, oh, you're just regular. Wow, well, more than well. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the rest report. We'll be back next week. Thank you.
Fleer here. Let's discuss a very real existential threat to internet speed. T-Mobile Home Internet. It lags. Now what is lag? Lag is a delay in data being transmitted across the internet. Switch to Xfinity for a strong, reliable connection. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash facts. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight, analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans. For the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.